Hey, welcome to the Outside Church in Port St. Lucie, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out. Hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. What an honor and what a privilege it is to be here today. I'm going to ask my, my, my wife, Pastor Marisa, so she can say hi to you guys. Listen, we love you like you have no idea. We had an amazing time in the mission trips. You guys did an amazing job. Um, it was an honor just to be there, to be part of such a great and amazing event that took place every day, preaching, you know, blessing the communities. All that came from here. And, you know, it's such an honor to be part of that. So thank you so much for allowing us to be part of that. So we love your pastors. We love all the leadership. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I feel part of TOC. For me, it's such a blessing to be here. For me, it's, it's my, my brother, my sister, my friends. Um, and as we were sharing with the youth over there, we were sharing with them how beautiful it is to have relationships like that. We have been married for 22 years, and we know them even before we were married. So how beautiful it is for you to develop those relationships and people that are going to pour into you, people that are going to edify you with what they say, with their example, with their life, with their ministry. So we bless this church, we bless this family, we bless the pastors, and we thank you so much for giving us the privilege and the opportunity to be here today to experience the word of God. I love it, I love it, I love it, because the word of God it is powerful. And my husband's going to be the one preaching, but I'm going to help him read. So go ahead and look in the book of Acts chapter 27, and go ahead and go to verse 27, and we're going to read in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. On the 14th night, we were still being driven across the Adriatic Sea, when about midnight, the sailors sensed they were approaching land. They took soundings and found that the water was 120 feet deep. A short time later, they took soundings again and found it was 90 feet deep. Fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. In an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let the lifeboat down into the sea, pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the boat. Then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless this man stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. So the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and let it drift away. Just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. For the last 14 days, he said, you have been in constant suspense. I have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. Listen to that. Not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. After he said this, he took some bread. Gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. They were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. All together, there were 276 of us on board. When they had eaten as much as they wanted, they lightened the ship by throwing the grain into the sea. When daylight came, they did not recognize the land, but they saw a bay with a sandy beach 
where they decided to run the ship aground if they could. Cutting loose the anchors, they left them in the sea and at the same time untied the ropes that had the rudders. Then they hoisted foresail to the wind and made for the beach. But the ship struck a sandbar and ran aground. The boat stuck fast and would not move. And the stern was broken to pieces by the pounding of the surf. The soldiers planned to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming away and escaping. But the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and get to land. The rest were to get there on planks or on other pieces of the ship. In this way, everyone reached land safely. Holy Spirit, we come before your presence. Thank you, Jesus, because we have just read your word. Holy Spirit, we declare that this word will fall in good ground. That your Holy Spirit will speak to every single person that is in this place. You know everyone's needs. You know what everyone here is going through. We might not know, but you do. Because you know everything. You're the almighty. You're the powerful. You're amazing. And we thank you, Jesus, because before we got here, you were here preparing the word, preparing the seed that was going to fall in good ground. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Before you have a seed, uh, can you say this word, chimborazo? Just in case if you were wondering... What's the furthest place on this planet? <laughs> you have to have a point of reference. So from the middle of the earth, the furthest place is Chimborazo in Ecuador. So I just came to remind somebody, even if you flew to Chimborazo, pastor said that it doesn't matter where you go. You could go to the furthest place, but if you wanted to know what was the furthest place on earth, even if you went to Chimborazo, God's mercy, God's love, my Lord. You don't even know where that's at, but his mercy, his hand can just reach you and just snatch you right back. I just wanted to remind somebody of that today. So two things I want you to keep in mind as we, 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 we get into this word. The number is 270, beautiful, <laughs> and P3. I'm not talking about PlayStation. I'm talking about P3. P3, promise, problem, provision. Have a seat. I came with a, an assignment today, and I need to get this out to a couple of people that need to understand this very clearly. And before I do that, I want you to understand something. Right there where you're at, first of all, you are sitting in the right seat, in the right church, to hear the right message. And I want you to be clear on this. There's no coincidence that you're there listening to what I'm about to tell you right now. On top of that, I want you to understand and, and, and consider what I'm about to tell you. Right there where you're sitting, right now, at this time, the world is spinning at 1,000 miles per hour right now. I know some of you like to drive fast. But nobody here has hit 150 miles per hour. And if you've gone that far, that fast, see the pastor at the end of the service, somebody needs to pray for you. 
You shouldn't be going that fast. But right now, the world is spinning 1,000 miles per hour. So imagine a basketball in my hands. And my finger right there. Just turning, spinning at that speed. And at the same time that it's spinning at that speed, it is going around the sun 67,000 miles per hour. <laughs> it sounds crazy. But that's what's happening right now where you're at. So although you may not be moving, you are still moving. I want you to understand something. We are all navigating whether you feel it or you do not feel it. Whether you feel that you're moving or you're not moving, you are moving even if you're not moving. Do you understand what I'm telling you right now? So right there where you're at, we are all spinning 1,000 miles per hour, 67,000 miles per hour around the sun. Now I want you to understand and, 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 and digest that for a second. So that means that 7.5 billion people on this planet are going at the same speed right now without even knowing it. In their own conditions and in their own ship, in their own situations, in their own predicament, in their own circumstance, we are all in the same ship, which is Mother Earth, going at that same speed. Now, I'm speaking to you about science from the science perspective, but I want you to understand that everything that I speak to you about physically, I want you to understand it spiritually. So today is very nice and simple what we're going to talk. Every time God gives you a promise, there will always be problems that will come attached with that. And anytime that problems come, problems are simply an indicator that you have been given a promise. That indicator indicates, it tells you that there will be a provision for you because a promise was given to you. So anytime you receive a promise, get ready for the problem and get ready for the provision. Oh. See, when you understand that, then things become very clear because the fact that God promised me something does not mean that I'm not going to experience problems. God didn't say that you were not going to experience problems. What God said was that he was going to be with you in the midst of those problems. Oh. When they threw those three young men in the furnace with fire, God didn't stop them from going into that. God allowed them to go into the midst of that. What he did was he stepped right in inside with them in the midst of the fire. We are all ships navigating in this world of emotions at times. And there are things that happen that people don't know that happen. There are things that happened in your house yesterday that nobody knows about. There are things that are happening in your mind right now that people don't know about. Can you imagine if you walked around with a screen on top of your head? Showing the real you? Patol. That, that's, that's tough. Think, think, think about it for a second. In the spiritual realm, God allows certain people to see that screen on top of your head. That shows that flag that identifies how you're feeling, how you're coming along, and what's really going on inside of you. Today I came to speak to you very nice and simple about some flags. Look at these flags on my right, look at these flags on my left. I mentioned that we are all ships navigating in the ocean of emotions and in this world. I also mentioned to you the, the fact that these flags are interesting to know what, what they are, their meaning, what's the, 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 the meaning behind them, their purpose. 
And it's simple. In 1855, everybody was going crazy because people were navigating on the oceans. And nobody knew how the boats work because they didn't have the, the, the technology to do that. So in 1855, they came up with this, this laws of flags. This idea that if we have flags that meant something, then people didn't have to try to swim up to the boat to find out what's going on. The flag would allow everyone else to see what was not visible outside of the ship. So when these ships were navigating, they didn't have time to let you know what's going on because on the outside may look one way, but on the inside may be something totally different. So the flags serve as a way of showing you a screen of what's going on on the inside, although the outside may seem different. I'm just want you to understand this. So I want to start with the first flag. So as I speak to you about these flags physically, I want you to understand them spiritually because in reality there are 12 types of people in this place that are navigating. And although we are all navigating on the same planet Earth, on the same oceans, and in the same types of lives, or maybe different types of lives, we are all going through our own internal struggles and challenges and questions. And reality is this. The world is screaming for answers. And there are churches that are stuttering because of their flags. The church was not called to stutter. The church was called to be with a, a glorious attitude and understanding and conviction that God is with us so that when we speak, our words may break all yoke. My words may get through whatever the situation is. Our words should change atmospheres. But you cannot give something you don't have. So the church stutters. Have you stuttered lately? The world is screaming for answers and the church is and they're stuttering because of the internal struggles. They're stuttering because of the internal problems. They're stuttering because of what's going on the inside. They know how to project a perception, an image and make it seem like everything is alright but on the inside you're going crazy and you don't know what's going to happen. Somebody needs to stop stuttering tonight. And start speaking words of wisdom, words of direction, words of life, words that break all your words that may kill somebody. We're all navigating with a destination in mind. And sometimes things happen on the outside. People can see what happens on the outside. But other times things happen on the inside. And it may seem one way. But these flags are designed to show what's going on on the inside. So I want to start with the first flag. The first flag is, 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 is Alpha. And when a boat is out there in the ocean, in the sea, they're distant. And from far away, when somebody sees this flag on top of a ship, it sends a message. And the message that it sends is simple. This flag means I have a diver down. Keep well clear at slow speed. In other words, when you see somebody with this flag, that means that they, they, they have somebody down in their, in their vicinity. Inside of their ship, there's something wrong. I need help in something because something is not right inside of this ship. There's someone that is down. There is something that is down. There is something that is broken. It's not working. There is an area of my life that I have not given to Jesus. 
I opened the house of the Lord, but I kept this one room locked, door locked. Because nobody knows what's going on in this place. I'm not telling nobody. And in the spiritual realm, in the spiritual world, you can't hide things. If you're not right before God, when you come up here to worship or to preach, it reflects. Your words don't come out with conviction. You can trick everybody, but you can't trick the Holy Spirit. You can trick everybody, but the Holy Spirit knows that that door is still locked. Somebody has this flag in their forehead today. You have a diver down and you don't even know it. And the question is, can you continue to navigate that way? Second type of person that I came to speak to today is, is Delta. Whenever you see this flag, if you want to see it, this means that I am maneuvering with difficulty. It has not been easy. I have never traveled these waters before. But I'm still maneuvering. I'm still trying to navigate. I'm still trying to push things through. I don't know what's going to happen. You see where all this thing that happened all these couple of years? Many people did not know what to do. How to stay alive spiritually. And what this revealed is who really has a relationship with God and who does not have a relationship with God. The people that have a relationship with God don't need to understand everything to maneuver. They're maneuvering with difficulty, but you know what? They're maneuvering. They're still walking with difficulties, but they're still walking, 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 walking. And there's some people here that have been walking despite the difficulties. If only people knew what you have to deal with. Where you're maneuvering, some have died. Where you have been maneuvering, some people are already dead. Third type of person that I'm speaking to tonight. You may have this flag on your forehead right now. Foxtrot. That means I am disabled. Somebody please communicate with me. That means I need help. That means somebody please help me. Somebody please speak to me today. There are people here that when you see their eyes and you see their faces, their faces, their eyes are screaming out for a hug. They're crying on the inside. They're screaming on the inside. But if your flag is messed up, you're stuttering before a need like that. And you miss it just like this, right above your head. And all they needed was just a hug. All they needed was just a word of inspiration, a word of motivation, a word of encouragement. The third type of person, fourth type of person that I'm speaking to tonight may have this flag. And this flag is golf. You can go to the next one. And what this flag means is that I need a pilot in my life. There are men and women in their 50s that still don't know how to navigate. That are still struggling to be a father, a mother, a man of God, a woman of God. People that don't know how to plan, they don't know what to do, they don't have a spiritual life. God called you to be a priest of your house. You have no idea what it is to serve God. These are people that need a pilot in their ship. You're navigating, but you don't know where to go. 
It is difficult to navigate when you don't know north from south, east from west. A pilot knows his directions. A pilot knows where to go. A pilot knows what to do when there is wind and when there is no wind. A pilot knows what to do when there's a storm happening. Do you need a pilot tonight? That's his name, Jesus. Imagine following somebody that doesn't have a pilot. How can you lead your family when you don't, Jesus is not your pilot? How can I have a wife that submits to me when I don't submit to the pilot of all pilots? If I'm not submitted to the pilot, I can't love my wife. And if my wife doesn't receive that love, how it's hard for her to respect. The Bible, listen, the Bible gives couples the, 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 the best advice possible. Women, respect your men. Men, love your women. Simple. If you follow that, 97.5% of the struggles and problems you have in the family, you, you, you will be resolved. Pastor, how, how is that even possible? Simple. If all the women respected the men, when that guy is watching that football game, Yo, this 24 hours. You can speak to him before the game or after the game. If you respect them, you're going to wait before you wait after. It's simple. Is it, is, is, is it simple? I, I, it, I, it's simple. It's simple. This, this, this. A man that loves his woman will find out first of all, what does she like? How does she perceive to be loved? And once you ask her, how do you feel to be loved? Then you act, you do that. That makes her feel loved. Simple. So don't buy those baseball tickets because you think that she's going to love that. You love that. She don't love that. Don't buy that boat to go fishing for her. She don't like fishing. You like fishing. <laughs> do you see what I'm trying to tell you? It's simple. It's simple. That's the word of God. It's simple. But if you don't have a pilot in your life, you will make those simple decisions in life. And then you're going to have problems upon problems on top of problems. This flag means you, you need a pilot in your life. And there's somebody with this flag here today. Next flag. This flag means Juliet. Somebody says Juliet. This flag means that I am on fire and I have dangerous cargo. This flag means that I am leaking dangerous cargo there are many unresolved issues that when they're not resolved they tend to leak they overflow the cup and they leak and everything that you do leaves that see your hands anything you touch leaves your fingerprints and it leaves a little bit of your DNA everywhere you go the people that is saying the people that have their internal issues that they've dealt with, it shows everything in everything that they touch. In the same manner, when you have things that you have not resolved inside, internally, it's reflected in your actions and the things you do and how you behave and the things that you touch around you. And so people that have not resolved certain issues that they need to resolve, they are leaking dangerous cargo. And that leak 
causes a negative impact all around you. And instead of blessing, you're contaminating. So that's why everything you touch, something happens when you touch it. And it's not something good. That's why you have problems at work. You have the same problems at home. You have the same problems in church. Because you're leaking dangerous cargo. And then you want to play the devil. No, you got to deal with something yourself. Stop the leaking. You become healed when you stop leaking that dangerous cargo. The Bible says that from the abundance of the heart, the mouth. Every student will be a great teacher at some point. But if you cannot be a good student, how can you be a great teacher? And how can you be a great teacher if you're not a good student? Sometimes it will be your turn to teach. But sometimes it will be your turn to be a student and sit down and listen. Somebody's flag is this. And you see everybody else growing except you. You know why? Because you're in line for your blessing. And everybody, every time somebody gets blessed, you get upset. Because it wasn't you. Every time somebody gets promoted, you get upset because it was not you. That flag is on your head. It's right there. People see it. Everybody, every time God blesses somebody, instead of jumping of joy, you get upset because it was not you. How can we make it to our destination with that mindset? The last flag that I'm mentioning to you today, Zulu. And what it means is that I require a tug. I require a push. I require some motivation, some inspiration. Now, the reason I show you these flags is simple. There are 26 of these flags in the ocean. I chose 12 today. And the reason I'm showing you this is because we are all navigating in the, in the open seas of life. And in the open seas of life, we are all going through different situations. And everybody only sees what's on the outside. God sees what's on the inside. And there are some spiritual people that God reveals to them our conditions. And today all I came to do is just show you your flag. So that you can make the adjustments that you need to make. So that then you can continue to navigate and make it to your destination. The portion of the word that we read today. Mentions a story that not many people know. 276 men. On a ship. Going from one place to another place. They started traveling in the worst possible conditions, which was in the Mediterranean. In that zone, that area was the worst possible place that you can travel. They decided to travel there despite everything else that everybody said not to do. And they went on that ship. And once they got on that ship, I want you to understand something. Inside the ship, there were 276 men. Some of them were soldiers. Some of them were professionals, and some of them were in jail. Paul was one of those that was in jail. And on that ship, they started facing different things of life, different situations. And each one of them had a story. You see right here, right now, everybody here has a story. Some of you were raised without a father. Some of you were raised without a mother. Some of you don't even know your father or your mother. And some of you were raised with your parents. Some of you have gone through tough situations so bad that you could write a book about it. 
Some of you could write an encyclopedia. Some of you could do the whole internet. But despite your different situations and your different, different navigation experiences, each one of you has a flag. And if there's something that I want you to understand about this story we spoke about today, simple. 276 men got on that ship with their own stories, their own experiences, their own different flags, their own struggles, their own challenges, their own questions, their own different things that they were struggling with. And one of the worst ones was Paul because he was in jail. Can you imagine being in jail and taken as a prisoner with chains on a boat that's going crazy because of the storm? And knowing that in your destination they're waiting for you to put you in jail? And then in the midst of that crazy storm, physically he was in jail. Spiritually he was totally free. Physically he didn't have a lot of influence right there and then. Spiritually he had all the influence of the biggest influencer on the whole entire universe. And that trip, the promise to Paul was that everybody was going to make it at the end of that trip. And I told you before that after every promise... There will be problems. But after every problem, there will be provision. The thing is to make it through the problem so that you can see God's provision. But if we change the chip in our mind, we will learn to understand that interruptions are simply interventions. And when you understand that, then your mindset is like that of Paul. Paul kept speaking to those people on that ship. And every time they were going through the different struggles, he kept giving them that word that only God gave to him. They didn't get it at first, so they ignored him at first. But when the storm came, everybody would turn to that person that has God's word when the storm comes. Because you serve God, some people make fun of you until they face a storm. When they face a storm, guess who they're texting for prayer? Guess who they're texting to find out what time they can go to church? Guess who they're calling? Bible says that all these men went on that ship so bad that for 14 days they were hungry. They did not eat. They were so worried that they were not hungry. They were so concerned. Listen, there are situations that we can go through that you're so scared of what's coming that you don't get hungry. And for some of you, you know how you eat. For you to lose your hunger because you're so worried, that's big. But there are some situations that can get that tough. When you lose somebody, you get that, that you don't get hungry. When you're concerned, when you're worried. When you don't know what's going to happen later on today or tomorrow, you lose desire to live. You lose desire to take the next step. That's why we have got to align ourselves and our minds to God. Because it is in the midst of those situations that your focus is not on what you have in front of you. Your focus is on what God has promised. And although it may look different to you right there and then, there is a spiritual flag that says the opposite of what's happening right there. David, in Psalms chapter 3, after gaining everything, being the best king ever, having the best leadership, having access to all of the resources. When he had everything, 
He had lost God's presence because he let everything get into his eyes, into his mind. When he didn't have anything, he was good because he was in the mountains with God's presence singing unto the Lord. When God blessed him because he did not go through the process, when he, got, when he was blessed, he became king, and he was blessed, and he got everything. Everything went to his mind, and he lost God's presence. And when he lost God's presence, he became depressed. His leadership turned out on him. His son turned on him. His people turned on him. He had all these flags on the top of his forehead, all of them. Because he lost direction. But the Bible says that when he made it to the desert, running away from everything, in the desert by himself with nobody else there, he had no other choice but to start doing what he used to do a long time ago. You know what he used to do a long time ago? He used to just start playing his harp and just worship God. Play the harp and worship God. The Bible says that he, he couldn't even sleep before until that one day. When he went back to the essence of everything, he started worshiping God. God's presence descended on that mountain, blessed him. He got replenished, re-energized, refocused. The door that he had locked up, that he had not opened to the Lord, now he opened it so that God can clean everything out. There are people here that need to clean those doors of their ship so that you can navigate. The Bible says that on that story that I just read to you, it got so tough and so bad that the resources they had inside of their boat, they started taking it out and throwing it overboard. Because that was becoming, that, that resource, that food that they had and all that stuff, they had to take it over. It got that bad. But there are some situations that get so bad that make you take your resources out and throw it in the garbage. So that you can take his resource and put it in your mind. The last flag I leave it with, and here we close. The one after that. That's the last one. Okay, so I have it here. The last flag that I leave you with. I'm going to show it to you. Oh, beautiful. The last flag says this. There's a flag. It's blue with a white circle. I mean a white square in the middle. The name of that flag is Papa. And when they put that flag up on all the ships, you know what that means? It means that all personnel has to return to the ship because we're proceeding to the open sea. God wants you to do something very nice and simple. If you're stuck, if you had those doors closed, open them up, clear everything out. Because God is putting a new flag. And that flag is taking everybody out to sea. But to take you out to the open sea that he's guiding, he has got to be the pilot. He has got to be the one guiding everything. He has got to be the one in control of everything, 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 everything. Your finances, he's got to be the one in control. Your decisions, he's got to be the one in control. Your life, he's got to be the one in control. Your family, he's got to be the one in control. Everything has got to be him. The story says that it got so bad 
that the ship started breaking apart. They threw all the resources out of the ship. Only two people could have made it. Those that swam and those that started swimming that know how to swim, they started swimming towards the shore. But those that did not know how to swim were given an instruction. The instruction that were given was simple. Grab onto any piece of wood that's breaking apart from the ship. Wow. And it is interesting that wood comes from a tree. And from a piece of wood we get the paper. That's how we get paper from wood. And it is interesting that the word of God is written on paper that comes from wood. That comes from a tree. That comes from a seed. <laughs> the seed that God designed. But they hold on to a piece of wood. If you look at it in the spiritual realm, the same piece of wood that holds God's word on a piece of paper. The only way that we will make it to our destination is by holding on to God's word and God's presence. It hasn't changed. The same instruction he gave to the tabernacle and to the, to the, to the Israelites. Can you do me a favor? Just stand up for a second. The same instructions he gave to the Israelites. God's presence, God's word. That's all you need to navigate. The Bible said that he was promised that 276 were going to make it. At the end of the whole entire ship and all the storm and all the struggle and all the problems, the Bible says that 276 men made it on the other side. And not even one piece of hair was lost. But that's because God promised that. And God was there with them in the, in the problems and God was there with them in the provision. Simple. Do me a favor. Close your eyes real quick. Jesus. Jesus. When you read unto the next chapter of that book, chapter 28, it says that when they made it to the shore, Paul was bitten by a snake. And everybody was there waiting for him to die because he was bitten by that snake. But Paul's attitude was to grab that snake by the head and just throw it on the fire. And as the same people waited for him to die, when they saw that he did not die, the Bible said that those same people converted to God, to Paul's God, because of how they saw God use Paul in that shore. And the same people that were with him in the ship were the same people that acknowledged and recognized what God did in his life. And he was a guy that was in jail, apparently. Eventually, he was freed and he preached throughout the whole zone in the whole area. But all I want you to remember today is simple. Everybody's navigating. Everybody has a flag. The promise was that everybody was going to make it as long as they stayed in the ship and they were aligned their lives to God's word. There is a Paul in this house. There is a promise over this house. And there is a destination over this house. But there are some decisions you need to make today. Repeat this prayer with me. Lord, I open up my heart at this time. I give you all my life. 
I give you my dreams, my goals, my desires. Lord, I just simply want to serve you and do your will. I pray that you may forgive my sin. That you may write my name in the book of life. I accept your sacrifice on the cross. And I make the commitment to submit myself to your word, to your guidance, to your direction, to your flag. I give you all. And I thank you for writing my name in the book of life. Can you give the Lord a hand clap real quick? Señor, gracias. Lord, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you today. Gracias, Señor Jesús. Come on, give it up to the Lord. He's a good God. Praise the Lord. Come on, come on. Let's celebrate the Lord tonight. What a powerful word. God bless Pastor Carlos Duran, his lovely wife, Mari. If this word works for you and you carry it around a flag that you have not addressed, the Lord wants to minister to you tonight. We can't rush out of here navigating these waters with the wrong mindset, wrong heart, different issues that have not been addressed that you have not given to the Lord. Tonight is the night. If God spoke to you tonight, don't leave this building navigating in such manner. God wants to set you free. He wants to make you righteous. He wants to forgive you. He wants to restore you. He wants to transform you. He wants you to fly, amen, or navigate with the right flag and victory, amen, of peace.